0: Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you for joining me once again on this podcast. Uh, Today we come to Season 2, Episode 11, and we come to Part 3 in our study of walking uh, through the book of Ephesians, striving to weather the storm by walking. I want to say a quick word of thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, As of yesterday, we're now on uh, iHeartRadio. And so we're striving to get this podcast on as many platforms as possible. I appreciate all of our listeners uh, listening in each week and uh, for all of your support and, of course, for your prayers. Uh, With me today, continuing this series, is uh, Jake Sutton. Thankful to have him with me again this week. Uh, Jake, I've really enjoyed uh, this study and looking forward to going back to Ephesians today. Uh, But I'd like to ask Jake, if he will, to pray for a a brother in Christ named Spencer Broom. Uh, Brother Spin has been a, a great encourager of mine. I, I know Jake as well, with him being down here in South Georgia. But I've asked Jake if he will to say a prayer on Spin's behalf before we get started today.
1: Yeah, I'd be glad to. Let's go ahead. Lord, we come to you as your people, those who are washed in the blood of your Son, those who love you, and those who know that all things work together for the good of the church for your glory. Father, you know our petition and our hearts are focused towards uh, spin this morning as he is fighting for his physical life. Father, you know every ailment. You know the issues. You know how this will go. You know how things will turn out according to your providential will. Father, we do not. and We as human beings are looking to you as our God, are looking to you as our good giver, And Father, we're grateful that you have given us spin and encouragement that he has been both in word and in song, as he has been a powerful individual that you have used in this kingdom. Father, his health is taking a turn for the worse. We're praying for the doctors and for the nurses and for those who are attending to him. We pray for all those who are standing beside him, his wife, his brother, his family, his son, all those who were close to him. Father, you are the God of all comfort, and we look to you during this time in this season of grief, this season of trouble. Father, as the disciples said of old, do you not care that we perish? Father, we know that you care, we know that you work this for your good, that you are sovereign, that you're allowing this, and we trust you, and we give you our love. Father, it's through Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, brother. Just to recap what we've been studying these past few weeks in this series, we've uh, been walking through the book of Ephesians, as I mentioned a moment ago. We began by looking at Ephesians 2:10. Uh, we learned that we are to walk in good works, those of us who have been created in Christ Jesus upon our obedience to the gospel. Last week we discussed walking worthy of the Lord from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. But today we're actually going to look at two walks, uh, walking in love, and walking as children of light this comes from ephesians chapter 5 verse 2 walk in love and verse 8 walking as children of light so jake I want to dive right into this uh, in ephesians chapter 5 and help our listeners to understand what it means to walk in love
1: yeah well you know in chapter 4 that's often what's called the great unity chapter of the bible especially concerning the new testament church and how we're to conduct ourselves And he begins in chapter five and verse one with the word therefore, Mm -hmm. and the synopsis is therefore walk in love and a little bit later in verse eight, walk in light, or children of light and how it is that we are to walk in love. The Holy Spirit through Paul is very detailed. And I love how the, the Holy Spirit used their personalities and their, their way of thinking and their way of logic. You know, Paul often He, he walks backwards through his thought. He gives you, he gives the end result of his walk, um, is at the bottom of his speech, but it is compounded and layered and layered. And, and it just, it paints a great picture. It's a tapestry of, of great work that he's woven together. And so he's talked about chapter four, verse 17, this new life that we have and that we don't walk as the Gentiles. And then, Verse 15, he says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands so that he may give something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore be imitators of God. So he said what he said to tie into How do we walk as New New Testament Christians, beloved children, verse one, how do we walk in love? Well, he just told us specifically, he's talking to the church about being the church and what that looks like Mm -hmm. and walking in this love. Um, So, you know, it says walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering. And I love that Old Testament language, Paul, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, right. a fragrant offering and incense. If you want to go back to Leviticus and look at those, those chapters that paint this picture, incidentally, the, the, the revelation writer John says that, that the prayers that are offered to God are considered the incense that we offer to him. So today we don't burn candles and we don't burn uh, little nasty Arabian sticks that stink up your house. We, our incense to God is our prayer, you know, and uh, so anyway, walking in love is a conversation of lifestyle. That's the the word literally means to tread all around as you are stomping your way through this life or through the storms for this podcast.
0: Right. Uh, Do so in love. Absolutely. And I, and I, I like how you tied that in because that's exactly where my thought process went was that it takes us back to 417, Ephesians 417 of putting on the new man. This yep. is what it looks like. You put away all these things. And then you, you pointed out verse 32, that, that's the contrast. You put all this away, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. That's what it means to walk in love. But wow, what a statement to be imitators of God. Uh, you know, Paul used that language to the brethren in Corinth as well. He imitate me even as I imitate Christ. Uh, but you know, as, as God's children, we need to be more like our father and imitate God. And, of course, right. 1 John 4, 7 and following, we find that God is love. And so mm-hmm. we, as walking in love, are striving to be more like our Father. It's also interesting, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, I love this, this statement. Paul writing to those brethren, he said, Concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Mm-hmm. God teaches us to love one another. He teaches it Mm -hmm. in in so many ways. He's shown us that. So there's a lot in that, that first statement there in the opening of Mm -hmm. chapter five uh, to be imitators of God. And so as you, as you said, and I, maybe it's to summarize it, walking in love is doing what is best for one another and following God's commands to the best of our ability. That's, that's your life. You walk in this way. we're, We're just so enamored and amazed by God's grace, by His love, that it it transforms us. It makes us want to mm-hmm. be better. Makes us want to be uh, people that love others and, and show that in our our everyday life. So
1: yeah, you know, in verse one, he says, "Therefore, be imitators." The word is imitates, which means to mimic. Right. You know, it's kind of fun when we we watch children mimic. Uh, maybe you've seen a little girl. You know, you've got a house full of women. Yes, <laughs> you and you and Jacks are the only ones. <laughs> And it won't be long. Your your two little girls are going. Your excuse me. Your three little girls. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Are are, and you probably seen this with Henley that she will step into the heels or maybe she'll put on a dress or an old hat or you know something like that. You've seen a picture where a, a little girl's mimicking her mother or the son is mimicking the father. He's standing there with you know shaving cream on his face and a tie that's way too big or, you know, stone, stone loves to walk in my boots, you know, and he'll put his feet in my boots and it just looked ridiculous, but it's, it's a process that every child goes through and that we in scripture are painted as these children who are supposed to, in a very childlike, sincere, honest, pure way, step into the boots of our Abba father, the most intimate term that we could use
0: Right,
1: and, and, and mock him and mimic him, uh, in the purest but most truest of ways.
0: Yes, sir. And so, what a what a challenge, but what a what a privilege to be able to be invited to do that. Right, yeah. So that's a beautiful way to open this chapter up. You know, there's something here, and and I'm I'm with you. I like that sweet smelling aroma. Uh, this idea that this is something pleasing to God, but it says that Christ loved us and gave Himself for us. This is brought out in the New Testament, and I wanted to ask you and for our listeners just for us to stop for a moment and just be reminded of what Jesus did for us on the cross. What are some other passages that come to mind that bring out this truth?
1: Well, you know, of course, everybody, I would say everybody tongue-in-cheek, but most of the world knows that Jesus is this teacher and that Jesus has... Given himself for us John 3:16 is one of the most popular verses in the world mm-hmm. uh, I don't know the numbers or the statistics how many times it was googled uh, the day that Tim Tebow wore John 3:16 on his eye black, right but it was it was through the roof oh,
0: yeah. and
1: so and so the the gospel message that Jesus has died for the world is probably out there more than we think mm-hmm. uh, it's just not recognized and accepted but but what I want to do is I want to take us to Luke twenty-two. Okay. Um, you know Jesus, Jesus um, prays in the garden. Matthew records it that he prays three times,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and his first and second prayer. If you recall how the scenario goes, he's there, he's in the garden. He takes you know Peter and I think John. They go a little farther and they sit down, and he says, "Pray for, pray with me for a while." And, and, and I've got a sermon on this that I preach called the war of Gethsemane and it's how we war in prayer. And what he does here is Jesus goes, he goes Matthew records that. He prays three times that he, that he uh, prays and then he goes and wakes them up. He prays then he goes and wakes them up and then John or Luke records in Luke 22 and verse 44. Um, if you have that, Drew, read that please.
0: Yeah. New King James says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground.
1: Right. And the verse just before that, he had an encounter in between his second and third prayer. Who visits him?
0: says an angel.
1: An angel came. So Jesus prayed twice. And Hebrews chapter, I think it's chapter five, says that he was heard for his reverence, that he prayed earnestly to be delivered from death, and he was heard from of God because of his reverence. But and so God sends an angel to Jesus, and and they have a conversation. There's something that goes on in between the second and third prayer, where Jesus' prayer changes from Lord, let this cup pass, let this cup pass, to the third prayer, Lord, not my will. But your will be done, and so there's a the conversation had, and Jesus is so grieved by this conversation. Verse 44, it's that's when he begins to sweat this these drops of blood, um, hemoglobulosis or whatever it's called is a, it's a, a scientific um, uh, term that that is where stress is so exerted on the body that you begin to bleed out your pores, right? And and so. Jesus is grieved by the news that he has, that he has been given. And we often think about Jesus being perfect, Jesus being God and Jesus being right in step with the, with the father's will. And he was those things, but in the ways of a man, he suffered in the ways that we did. And the Hebrews writer says that he learned obedience through this suffering. Right. This was a process that he as a physical man endured and, and it was painful for him to have to learn this. Yeah. What all went into Jesus being our scapegoat and the old, you know, Levitical picture that all the sins were placed on this goat and sent outside the camp. Um, what did that feel like? I don't know, but I know that it was bad. Yeah. And when he received this word, he was grieved. And so that's, that's sad to me that that's my Lord. And 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 later on Luke says that all Left him, yeah, and that all includes me, includes you. Yeah. We all forsook and left him, and he had no friend. You know the song that we sing. Let's go back to our Daresville days. <laughs> <laughs> where, where Donnie Sutton will be up for singing. I'll be a friend to Jesus. Right. What we're saying is, is that we will stand right there by Jesus in the courtroom of Pilate, and we'll cast ourselves on that cross just like Jesus did, and I'll die with him. But. As the disciples said, they all did that. They all said that they would, but they didn't.
0: That's right.
1: And so, um, what what has he done? Um, so much it, it grieved his physical body, but he was willing to do it. That's right. And um, just just a sad picture, but a glorious picture, you know.
0: E- exactly, and that that helps us to really stop and think about what Paul is saying here. How much. How much did Jesus love us? And you just took us back to the garden. That's how much. And He gave Himself for us. Uh, other so many passages bring that out. Galatians one four. He gave Himself for us. Second Corinthians five twenty one. He who knew no sin became the sin offering for us. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians eight nine. He became poor that we could become rich. First Peter three eighteen. The just died for the unjust. In Hebrews two nine. He tasted death for every man. And we, mm-hmm. we can't put into words the magnitude, the greatness of that sacrifice, but just to be so thankful for it that it changes the way we live, changes the way we think.
1: Oh yeah. And you brought, you, you brought that out in several things that you, you know, several of the verses that you listed, those are different scenarios of life. Yeah. Uh, in particular, second Corinthians eight and verse nine, the church was being tied financially. They were not giving as they were supposed to. Right. Um, and, and and in particular they were looking down at Paul for not being a Joel Osteen of the day, you know, and not, not being a, a prosperity preacher and, right. and charging the brethren and all that. And so he, he specifically uses terms, financial terms about the sacrifice of Jesus for them to understand. And he said, it basically says, which, which one of us looks like Jesus. And I think we talked about this last time, mm-hmm. but, but every step of life, the crucifixion, the, the, the offering of Christ means something and, and it's the same story, but it means something different depending on the situation in which I find myself in life. Yeah. You know, as, as a father, when I watched, when I watched that doctor, that nurse that cleaned him up stone, when she put him into my arms the first time there was a, there was a love for this human being that was never deserving. Right. He didn't do anything to earn my love. He was just there. And there have been so many lessons I've learned as a father about what God has for me, his love for me, that I am undeserving. I didn't do anything yet. I am his creation and he loves that about me. And so the cross of Christ means so much more to me now as a father, just because that's the stage of life that I'm in.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's a good point, and you know, pertinent to this this podcast, weathering the storm, whatever storm that may be, knowing that Jesus, man, Jesus went through it for us. He went through the storm, and he and can calm our storm uh, because of His great love, because of His sacrifice. We can have the true hope of heaven. You know, we also in this great chapter, there's a passage that speaks of the degree uh, of the love that Christ had, and, and Paul just. In an amazing way, brings that out, and we won't take the time to dive into that because we we could spend a whole episode on Ephesians 5:22 and following. Just the statement made that you know Christ is the head of the church; he's the Savior of the body. He loved the church how much he gave himself for her. Just just amazing. Verse 29: No one hated his own flesh; nourishes it, cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. That word cherish what so we find in, you know, the charity, First Corinthians 13, this kind of love. It's just amazing. Uh, faithful love. We sometimes sing that great song. This is the kind of love that Jesus had for us and it ought to change the way we think and live.
1: Well, you know, as he, as he gave there in chapter four and even in, in chapter five, you know, he, he gives the positives. He gives the um, don't do's and the do's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, in verse, verse three, he picks up with the don'ts. Yeah. You know, the Lord is not slack in teaching us in the, just the don'ts and the do's he, he does both.
0: Yeah.
1: And so there, there's a whole lot of, you know, don't do's. this is not what love is. Um, you know, and every one of these is practical. Verse three, sexual immorality, that, 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 is an umbrella term that includes pornography, lusts, adultery, fornication, all of those. You want to tell me in 2020 that those are not pertinent to what we've got going on. That, that is rampant. Sexual attraction is sold by businesses. It's used by everybody, you know, uh, covetousness. I mean, keeping up with the Joneses, You, you can't go to, You know, Instagram, social media, TikTok, whatever that you're watching and see something, a a better life that's promised you, and it's just a lie. It's not true. Listen, the grass is greener where it's watered. Okay, that's science. (laughs) And if you want a better life, then then it's then it's up to you. You know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let note verse four: filthiness, foolish talk, crude, crude joking. There's so much richness in this. Verse seven, don't become partners with them, those sons of disobedience. Verse six, he says in verse eight, for at one time, you were darkness.
0: Yeah.
1: And this is the second half of this podcast, this episode. You were darkness, but now, so there's a system of transitions, a a something happened and now you were this. You were a son of disobedience. You were uh, had a just expectation of judgment of the damnation, um, but but now, now we're in a different scenario.
0: That's right.
1: Now he calls you light. Like. Wow, a lot of it has to do with the way we walk, you know. But but we are called these things, and thus we walk these things. We don't walk these things, so he calls us these things. Right. we are called into this walking we don't walk into this calling if that makes sense
0: yes it does great way to put it and I like how you made that transition and hopefully that will help our listeners we talk about walking in love what that looks like and then as you said you have the, the do's and the don'ts and then it says for you were once darkness this described who you were I think about First mm-hmm. Corinthians 6 9-11 through 11, and Paul lists those sins and he told the brethren of Corinth such were some of you This is who you were, but now you're washed, sanctified, Mm -hmm. justified by the blood of Jesus. So, you know, (laughs) you think about this letter to the Ephesians, it takes us back to Ephesians chapter two, and you mentioned that earlier, but in verse 12, those, you know, Gentiles in the flesh, those who were without God, it says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. That's... That's a sad commentary on someone's life, but without Christ, that's, that's who you are. Right. They, they were once darkness, but now they are light in the Lord. And then this admonition to walk uh, in as children of light. I think about also first Peter two, nine and 10. That's one of my favorite verses. Peter mm-hmm. talking about the church. You're a Royal priesthood, a Holy nation, peculiar people. You should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You were not a That's people, right. but now you're the people of God. So we can put ourselves into this text, if you will. Uh, you were once darkness. Put your name there. That's who I yeah. was. That's who I was associated with. That's how I lived when I was in sin. But now as a Christian, I'm not living in sin. I'm living in the light of the Lord. It doesn't mean I'm sinlessly perfect, but I'm not living in sin. I'm not walking in sin. I'm not walking in darkness. I'm doing my best to walk in the light. First John one, seven through nine, uh, yep. Romans six, 16 through 18. You were the servants of sin, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine delivered unto you being set free from sin. Now you're the servants of righteousness. And so Jacob, again, we, we can, we understand the brethren in Ephesus. This is who they were, but I think it's important to make that application to our lives and just to show us how thankful we ought to be that we're not in darkness. You know we're we're in the light. We are light in the Lord, and therefore we are to walk or live as children of light.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting that you you brought the you know the opposite of the word light is darkness. And if you were to if you were to go around the room and uh you know turn in in a room full of people and you were to turn the lights out and it just be pitch black. I mean, so dark you can taste it. And if you were to say Everybody say one word that you feel. You're going to get different words, but you're going to come across words like confused, lost, hmm. afraid, unknown, no hope, all, all of those negated terms that are, that are pessimistic terms. Now, they know the light's going to come on, they know that this is just a scenario. But you think about when you if you think about darkness, you think about confusion, you think about a lack of direction. And so, you know, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians often what's called the, the sister epistles. And I think Philippians and Colossians are real close together. But he says in verse 13 of Colossians 1, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. So, not only not only was it just dark where we were, but we belonged to a domain of darkness. Uh, in the in today, when you go, you put in a domain name, that means a a location. When you think about a domain, you think about home. We, we dwelled and lived in darkness. The verses left my mind, but Paul, I think he's talking to Timothy, maybe Titus. And he's talking about the sister who says she lives in sin. Yeah. The sister who King James uses the word liveth every time you see an she ETH. Yeah. yeah. She's dead while she liveth. If she persists in sin, if she lives in sin, that's the idea. She's dead while she lives. Right. What does that mean? You're spiritually dark. You are outside of all those things you just listed. You're an alien, no home, no hope, all of that bad, horrible stuff. Right. And you, that's like people who, who repent of sin, um, and they repent publicly, but they don't make any changes, then it was not repentance. It, nothing changed, Right. you know, like, um, you know, it's like uh, adultery. How do you repent of adultery? If you're going to stay in that marriage, then you're still dead while you live because you're still living in that marriage, that arranged situation. Yep. So, uh, repentance is and stepping out of the darkness requires you and I to literally to walk in a different direction, yep. a different way.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for us to walk or to be light in the Lord is to reflect the light of Jesus, uh, you know, as, as we live. And, and I think Philippians two fourteen through 16 comes to mind about uh, being lights to shine in the world we live in a world of darkness. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can reflect the light. And is, in fact, we're called to do that. Walk as children of light, because as you just said, there's so many people right now in a, in a state of confusion. And if you just stop for a second, look at our world in 2020, there's a whole lot of darkness, but it takes a little bit of light to expose that. Uh, and so in our communities and, and wherever we can, in our sphere of influence, we can, we can, reflect the light of Jesus and and it can make a big difference. But yep. Jake, you know, as we talk about this, and I think this is something a lot of Christians struggle with, we wanted to think about walking in the light. First John 1, 7 through 9, I mentioned it a moment ago. You know, I've heard it said and I'm sure you have too someone says, you know, I just I can't be perfect. This is this is too much for me to try to process. How can I make it to heaven? Because yep doesn't walking in the light mean you have to live a perfectly sinless life? What would be your answer to that?
1: Well, no, the only perfect one who ever lived with Jesus and they hung him on a tree. Right. You know, it's the, the King James didn't do us any, any, any favors when it used the word perfect because 1611 language is different than 2020 language. Right. The word perfect means complete. You yes. think about, you know, John John the baptizer, his father, um, it says that he and his mother, they walked blameless in the sight of the Lord. Uh, elders are to be blameless in the sight of the Lord, in, in conduct and in speech and all these different ways. Mm-hmm. You and I are to be blameless, which means nothing outstanding, meaning that there's not a sin that is continually going on and, and collecting debt, as it were. First uh, John chapter 1 is a great, really the whole book is designed for people who struggle with okay, I just sinned. Have I lost fellowship with God right. and walking in the light? John uses that term that, that book begins in first John. Let's just jump over there.
0: Yeah. For sure. if
1: you're, if you're listening, grab, grab your Bible and um, let's, let's look at this in first John chapter one, look at verse four. He says, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. What's your new King James day, Drew?
0: Yeah. that your joy. May be full.
1: That your joy may be full now, how much is full full <laughs> not not lacking, not I'm not sure uh joy is a spontaneous reaction to a what what's simply called a good thing. it is a it is the reaction that is had, it is serious joy, this isn't frivolous, this isn't childlike. this is something that is complete, he says. And so this is the message that we've heard from him. We proclaim to you that God is light and in God, in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie, do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with or with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. Now question, What is the blood of Jesus doing in my life as a New Testament Christian right now? It's cleansing me. Now I thought my sins were forgiven at baptism. Well, they were. Mm -hmm. My, my damnation was eradicated. Romans eight and verse one. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. That, that's true. Now, what about what about as I walk through the world? I hiccup. I stub my toe. I say the dirty word. I, I whatever whatever it is. Yeah. What do we do? The blood of Jesus. The 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 language is it continues to cleanse. That's right. It continues washing. Well, what does it wash? Well, it washes my sins. Yeah. I never lose fellowship with Jesus as I am walking in the light that means that I sin while I'm walking in the light. So that's hard for us to hear and it's hard for us to say because we're so fixated on perfect sin, uh, right, wrong there. There's not, it's not just black and white. Like we want to paint it. There's a whole lot of gray in between. If you were to take a flashlight and turn it on and hold it up against the wall in a dark room, and if you look, the brightest, bea- the brightest part of that beam is right there in the middle. But just, just a half an inch over, you're still in the light. Yep. You're still there. But the beam, if you, if you notice, the beam isn't just one straight line. The beam is arrayed in a, in a reverse triangle order. It's, right. it's going out cone-shaped. Well, at what point do we lose fellowship with God when we're all the way in the complete darkness? But when sin does not separate me from God, Isaiah chapter 58, it begins, behold, your iniquities have separated you between you and your God. But he's not talking to New Testament Christians. He's talking to refusing, stubborn hearted, he he calls them uncircumcised at heart, Jews who refuse to walk in God's ways.
0: And
1: and these people were never covered in the blood of Jesus in the first place. These people were, were, were his people that were in this covenant that they had to make sacrifices that Uh, appeased God's wrath for the moment. God overlooked this situation toward the cross, Mm -hmm. but you and I, if there is no condemnation, there is no condemnation. If I'm in him, I'm in him. There's no halfway in halfway out, you know, Oh, my right foot raised up when I was being baptized and I'm not in him no more. You know, (laughs) you know, Uh, we think it anyway, we won't get into that tangent about baptism and you know, (laughs) oh, their hair popped up. Well, their hair was underwater at some point, wasn't it? But anyway, but but we're so we're so either or when it comes to salvation that we we do things and say things that God has never said. Simply put, the way I stay complete and in the light, John even goes on to say you live in a state of confession. You live in a in a state of repentance where uh, if you ask Missy, I will never be a perfect husband, but I will always be a faithful husband. And there's I a difference. Yes, I Faithful means faithful means I come home at the end of the day. Yeah. Faithful means at the end of the day, she knows where my head is at. She knows where my home is at and she knows that I have her heart That's right. and the religious world has abused, quote, God knows my heart, mm-hmm. as as an excuse for a sinful lifestyle. But First John chapter 3, 20 and 21, God knows our heart. He knows all things. Even if our heart condemns us, there are some people who feel they will not make it to heaven, but they are safe in the arms of Jesus right now. Man. So that's that's the beautiful thing about the book of First John.
0: Ain't no doubt about it. And, and that contrast, you mentioned verse 6, walk in darkness. That's what we've been talking about. But then... Walk in light. Brother Walker had a great quote on this, and it's always kind of stuck with me. He said, walking in the light is not sinless perfection, but faithful direction. And, and that's yeah. encouraging. Uh, you just keep going. Keep keep walking in the light. And as you said, it, that involves confession. That involves repentance. When I make a mistake, I get back up and I keep going. First uh, mm-hmm. John five thirteen. when you get to the end of this great book, John says, these things we have written that you may know that you have eternal life. We don't, we can know it. We can have full assurance of our salvation. And Romans eight, one is another great one too. Uh, I heard Cliff Goodwin say location and lifestyle. If you're in mm-hmm. Christ and you walk in the spirit, not after the flesh, if you're in the right location, and you maintain the right lifestyle. There's no condemnation. Uh, and so I think that's something that a lot of Christians struggle with. And to our listeners, maybe that's something you struggle with, but, Maybe that's a storm that you're having to face is, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Take comfort in that at First John 1, 7 through 9. Keep walking in the light as we've studied today also from the book of Ephesians. Uh, Jake, I appreciate all of your study and all the uh, great comments you made today. I hope we've helped our listeners. Uh, but with that being said, what's your one practical takeaway today?
1: You know, for me, you think about this song, and I think, we, what do we got, one more episode together? Yes, sir. Um, for me, I, if I could give a little spiritual medicine to people who are weathering any kind of storm, whether it be the brooms right now, whether it be, you know, um, anybody, anybody. Um, go to the Psalms. Um, it, it, the scripture says that God gives us the songs in the night. You know, the songs in the night. You think about the nighttime goes back to darkness and there are those who are not walking in spiritual darkness, but physical darkness because of the storms of life. Um, go to the Psalms, sit down with the Psalms, uh, sing the Psalms. The, these, these letters are, are given to you and to me in the dark seasons of our life. If I want to, it, it, it may be, it may be I'm okay. Spiritually speaking, and I know I'm okay, spiritually speaking. I know my heart dropped with God, but my physical life is a mess. Um, you need to cry. You need to go to the Psalms. You need to cry to the Lord uh, and sing, sing the Psalms. If you notice the Psalms, we don't usually talk to the Lord the way that the psalmist did. Right. Most of our prayers, are, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for the food. Forgive us of our sins. Help the sick. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. We, we don't have conversations with God. And, and the way that the psalmist did, who was very open. And I understand we don't, we're not supposed to rush with harsh words to the Lord. I understand that. Um, but it's hard for us to trust in somebody whom we're not intimate with. And we've got to have good intimate conversation with him. Let the psalms help you uh, in, the, in these storms that you may find yourselves.
0: Yes, that's a great takeaway. I, I'm I'm with you. I, in fact, I just finished going through the Psalms and the ESV. I've got a little book that's just the Psalms. Uh, man, that's been super helpful. Uh, yeah. Tonight at Quitman, we're going through Psalm 42, As the Deer Pants for the Water, talking about our soul always longing for God and trusting in Him. So I, I appreciate that takeaway for sure. And I would say pertinent to what we've discussed today about walking in love and walking as children of light, know who you are as a child of God and and let the example of Jesus be ever before you. And if you'll be more like Christ, walking in love and walking as children of light will will, will become uh, something that you do every single day because you strive to be more like him and and that's where you'll be. Uh, You know, Paul said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. That's where it all starts, starts in the mind. Uh, Let's try to be more like him.
1: You're right, Drew. And, And just like a preacher we will say in conclusion about three or four times, you know, (laughs) and that's Psalm 42 is, is really a Psalm that does not leave you with uh, a way out. The Psalm 42 is just a somber song that he, he begins and ends with a sad state.
0: Yeah.
1: And in verse 11, he says, uh, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. So that means he wasn't currently praising him. He was still down. He ends that psalm being down. Your, our days may be dark, and they may stay dark for a little while. And we, that we may not be in a season of praise. We just may be in a season of, of long-suffering, and uh, but knowing that God is ours, um, like Brother Walker we will um, we will inherit the joy of our Lord.
0: That's right. Yeah, and I'm going to try to bring that out tonight for sure. Is something that David said in that psalm when he asked himself that question, why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted with him? And he says, hope in God. That's our answer. That mm-hmm. desire and expectation based on what God's revealed to us in his word. Uh, Jay, yeah, once again, fun. I really appreciate you and looking forward to uh, next week, as we close out this series, it's been a good one. Hope our listeners have been encouraged. And we hope that something has been said that will help you in some way to weather the storm.